0: Most of you know that I deliver full-day immersion programs to companies on same-side selling, and investing tens of thousands of dollars may make sense if you've got a team of people, but for an individual, that's just too much of a a nut to cover. And so we offer same-side selling immersion programs, the full-day program, in various cities around the country during the year, and there's one upcoming on May 9th in Wilmington, Delaware. You can learn more at ianaltman.com. It's a small group. We always cap them at 40 people. So you're never going to have more than 40 people. Very individualized attention, and I hope to see you there. We're joined today by Mark Jeffries. Mark is a brilliant individual. I met him when we were both speaking at an event. He was actually moderating an event and is one of the best moderators I've ever seen. Um, This is a guy who is often dubbed the Matt Lauer of the event world. He's interviewed people like Serena Williams, recently Will Smith, Captain Sully Sullenberger, um, Richard Branson. I mean, he's just... A rock star in this space and also does a lot of work in keynotes in the area of influence and selling. We're going to specifically speak about the key mistakes that people make when pitching their ideas and telling stories and how they should do those better. And we'll talk about this concept that he shares of the brains of influence, which is a mnemonic that helps you focus on the things that generate the best results when it comes to influence. Um, it absolutely brilliant stuff. you're gonna take a ton of notes as I did. You're gonna love this discussion with Mark Jeffries. Mark Jeffries, welcome to the program. Thank you so
1: much i am I'm deeply honored, Ian Altman to be here.
0: well, uh, you know and and it's one of these things where you and I met at an event where you were moderating and I was speaking, and of course when i when I look at most events they say we've got a moderator and I think oh dear god this isn't going to be good and then I saw you and I thought wow I am so glad that I'm not doing this and that someone like you who I mean I you know I see you interviewing Will Smith um Captain Sully I mean Richard Branson I mean you you get to interview some of the greatest minds out there or at least some of the greatest celebrities right <laughs> right. And,
1: and a lot of business people who you've never heard of, and I will get off the stage at the end of 45 minutes with them. And I think that that was incredible. I learned so much. I say to a lot of my clients that that my job, because half of what I do is the hosting. Yep. Uh, one of my clients once referred to me as the Matt Lauer of the event world. I said, <laughs> I'll take that. That's good. I'm going to use that. Uh, and the other half of my business is uh, pure keynote speaking. But On the side where you're hosting, just think about the way it breaks down. You get to spend two to three days Uh, in very deep connection with the C-suite executives of these huge companies. You're you're part of their meetings. You become part of the inner circle just for enough time to understand their language, how their world works, what their objectives are. And then, boom, you're done and you're out and you're on to the next one. So for me, it's like, it's just like an MBA that never ends. And it's so fascinating. Two things fascinate me. One is how everyone's language within their own business is completely different. But two is how their challenges and everything they have to deal with, it's the same. It doesn't matter whether you're IT, pharma, pharmacy type companies, uh, whether you're in marketing or in any, any type of politics, everyone faces the same challenge. But the beauty of it is they all think they're, they're totally unique. Yeah. So I, I come along and at the end of an event, people say, Wow, you know, how did you know so much about our business? <laughs> and the answer is it's it's all the same. It's just a slightly different turn of phrase. I
0: always find that funny when people say, Oh well, our business is totally different. And then I was speaking at a CEO Event So it's all CEOs, about 500 of them. During a Q&A session, one of the participants says, well, my business is totally different because and – he, and he identifies three attributes. And he says, so these things – our business is like no other business, and I said, "Okay, let me just pause for one second. Show a hands, how many of you in this room would describe your business the same way?" And about half the audience raised his hand. I said, "Look, I'm not trying to give you a hard time. I'm trying to help you understand that you're not alone. Right. And there's other people." Nice. So, so now, given given your background, which you know it's an obvious progression, and you know it's one of those things where everyone would naturally conclude that you would start. As a guy based in the UK as an economist and then and then go into being a stockbroker because that's a natural progression and then right. a television personality I mean, it's just a natural course of events yeah right and and, and now, as someone as a host and keynote speaker, one of the things that you must see a lot is how people pitch their business ideas and how they present their ideas. So what are the biggest mistakes that you see people make because I'm sure you see, a lot of things that you just, you know, scratch your head and wonder, how did they come up with that?
1: Oh, seriously. And and actually, you know, we should go back to television because when I left um, Stop Broking, yes, I made a bizarre move into TV. I got insanely lucky. And long story short, I won't bore everybody with this, but I end up hosting a daily live finance TV show called Buy, Sell or Hold. Now, this was TV at its cheapest. We had some venture capital backing. uh, They started a TV channel called The Money Channel. And The whole idea was they put all the money into the studio, into the the background, into some very fancy equipment, and we had to fill time because there was pretty much no money left. So my show was three hours every day, and it was just interview after interview after interview. A couple of regulars who would cover what was going on in the markets and then interview interview. So the producers that worked really hard on the show had to bring in these interesting guests. And the guests typically were business people, you know, people who are running organizations or who perhaps were bringing a new idea or innovation to market. They all wanted airtime, didn't matter what the TV channel was, and they ended up on the sofa right next to me. And as I just labored through day after day of these interviews, I started to become fascinated by how some of these people that were my guests had this incredible charisma, you know, the, the way they spoke was, was very compelling. And they'd share an idea with you that you'd really, you'd not just think about while they were sat there, But after they left the studio and maybe that night and the the following day, you'd still think about it. And then there was the opposite. And Ian, I know you and I have met people like this. While they're talking to you, you forget they exist. They're still right next to you and you've already forgotten them. And I was fast. And I thought to myself, you know, is this something we're born with or or is it something we can grow and develop and nurture and improve? Well, obviously, you, you know where I'm going with this. Of course, we can all improve the way we communicate and how we pitch and how we present ourselves even the best of us and we all know people who are absolutely fantastic at it but everybody can take it up and not sure to.
0: so what are what are some of the attributes that you saw for the ones that didn't work and and of course right. my audience as you say this is going to cringe a little bit but it's okay because mark i guarantee is also going to show you how you should do it so first let's talk about what doesn't work
1: So, I mean, this, this is a long list, but you know, I'll just, I'll go random and I'll go rogue. First of all, and I think this is the most important piece, really. It's when you're presenting your idea or you're telling someone your story, you forget about them. This is the mistake. You completely ignore them, their world, their perspective. And you tell your story, you pitch your idea from your own perspective, like you live, live in this little perfect bubble where everything works out just the way you planned. And everybody's going to want to buy your idea because you think it's great. That's the, the, absolutely the opposite of what we all should be doing when we sell our ideas, because what we should be doing is thinking of that what's in it for me piece. The person in front of you has their own world. They're immersed in their world. They have their problems, their challenges. They have their deadlines. And you, when you're pitching an idea, you have to be smart enough to stop for a second. And think, "Well, wait a minute. What is this person actually looking to buy before I even try and sell them anything? So this was number one mistake. We would have people coming onto the set – Talking about their idea from their own world, from their own perspective, and it just didn't resonate. It wasn't interesting. But as soon as they would turn it around and they'd say, you know, your viewers are currently probably looking for the best investment and idea they can get. They've been sold a whole lot of crap over the years. Let me tell you why this is something that will change their world. Now people are listening. Sure. Because you're telling the story from their perspective. Now, if you think about in our business world, and I see this all the time on, on big stages, because when I'm hosting an event, I get to introduce speakers. I get to introduce business leaders, business thinkers, and they, they get up there and they pitch. And half the time, it is just not appropriate for that audience. They haven't even bothered to think about their audience or to understand the world in which their audience live. And it fails. It falls down. And, you know, I always use the analogy, you know, if you ever go and see a fabulous concert, and the band plays its first couple of tracks or numbers, and you think, "Oh, stunning, it's amazing. And you're there in Boston, and they go, hello, Boston, everyone gets so excited, because they just mentioned the town where we live. Yep. And we're so excited <laughs> because now, now that means something to us. Wow, you're living in our world. So you have to be the rock band. You have to tell people the town in which they live.
0: It, exactly, you know, it's, it's interesting. You, you and I talk about how, common different businesses are and how there's there's so much overlap in different businesses. And it's funny because it's the difference of if we're speaking to an audience of, let's say, um, medical device manufacturers, and you could say, well, so if you're talking about your product or service generically, no one cares. And if you say, so let's say you have this blood transfusion device, and now the whole room says, oh, wow, they're speaking my language. Well, all you did was use a specific example for them that they, now they can identify with. So the first mistake that I've got here is so people presenting things from their own perspective versus the client's perspective. What, what other gaffes do you see people make?
1: I, I often tell event organizers, I, I ask them this question. I say, well, you get home in the evening and you slump onto your couch with a nice big martini. That's, that's my MO anyway. And you turn the TV on. I mean, you're flipping through the channels, right? And suddenly you find a channel featuring a man in a gray suit, standing very still, talking in a monotonous fashion with a slide deck full of words behind him. Do you stay on that channel? And of course, everybody goes, no, because that is the last thing we want to watch. And yet, this is what we give people at conferences and events all over the world. So, in a long-winded way, what I'm trying to say is you've got to give people what they want. You have to talk to people like they uh, are friends. You have to entertain them. I, I use, when, I, when I advise executives on the way they present ideas, uh, especially when they're on stage, I tell them to remember the word time because time has many meanings. But when you're standing up for 10, 20, 30 or, God forbid, 45 minutes, you're taking people's time. Right? They're never going to get this time back. But break that word down into T-I-M-E. T means teach. Teach. Tell them something they don't know. We all love to be informed of something we've not heard before or something that perhaps changes the way we think. If you can get somebody's mind activated with a new idea, they're much more likely to listen to you. Tell them something interesting. And by the way, this goes back to understanding your client again. You have to guess what they do know and then come at them with something they possibly don't know, right? Yeah. I is all about inspiring them. And when I say inspire, I mean, how's it all going to end? And we'll come on to this a bit later on uh, if we talk about my brains of influence. But when you inspire people, you're not boring them with the whole process. You're actually saying, well, hold on at the end of this. This is how different your life, your world, your customers, uh, your business processes are going to be. That is an inspiring picture. And people respond well to that when you're presenting the M piece in the word time, I call motivate. Because what you really want to do in any presentation is motivate them to some form of action. They're not going to follow everything you tell them. They're not gonna act on absolutely every idea you have. So your job actually is to hold their hand and motivate them to at least do this one thing. So in in any presentation, whether you're across the the table at a Starbucks or you're standing on a stage in front of 5,000 people, You have to at least know that you're giving them one thing they're going to go away with. And it's up to you to try and figure out what what is most likely. And a big mistake I see in people all the time is there's no motivation there. They don't put an inspire piece in. And they're not teaching them anything. Now, the E piece really comes down to us and our personalities. And Ian, I've seen you on stage. And you have the E piece down and it stands for entertain. And I don't mean be a stand-up comedian because, frankly, none of us or very few of us are that. What I mean is be real. Be be a real person because people buy people, right? And if you don't have that personality that is charismatic and warm – and very likable. No one's going to buy your ideas. No one's going to buy what it is you're selling. And by the way, and this is bonus content right here, we <laughs> are all in sales. The minute you try and tell somebody something you want them to do, the minute you try and influence them, the minute you try and get them to understand the value of your service or product, you're selling. And we, you have to be the likable person. And I so often see somebody in front of me who is just unlikable. And they might as well just give everyone a handout and sit down again. So yeah. those are the mistakes I see. Does that make sense?
0: By the way, I love love that time metaphor. I just want to make sure that that my audience gets this. So we're talking we, we want to teach and make sure that we're teaching concepts that are interesting and maybe help people see things that they haven't seen before, inspire, making sure they understand, well, here's how this is going to end. And So it's not just a story without a point, but look, here's this challenge at the end. You're going to leave with this motivate them to take action that says now here's how you can use what you've learned to apply it in the real world. And then, of course, you have to make sure that you entertain as well so that the the audience isn't just simply engaged, doesn't have something actionable, but is having a good time during the process. Absolutely right.
1: At the end of it, you want them walking out going, what a nice bloke or what a nice woman she was. Yeah. I would trust her to the, to the end of the world and back. That's what you want. Because if you, if you develop that connection in your short pitch, which, by the way, is completely doable, uh, you, you've got them. You, you can basically have them coming around to your way of thinking far in a far easier fashion. And if you are brusque or arrogant, I see these some of these speakers that come on and, and you and I, you know, we belong to several speakers groups. They're so full of themselves because they've been told how great they are over the years that they are instantly unlikable. And it becomes that much harder for them to get their message across.
0: Yep. And, and you know what? And, and very, very often it's challenging for the f- person presenting to see it because they think, man, I am so smart. How are people not going to be engaged? And it's, look, you're, you're not, you're not making it entertaining. You're not making it enjoyable. If you think about it, the best movies that you see, there's conflict. There's a, there's a subplot. There's a whole bunch of stuff that, 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 maintains your interest just about every movie could be done in five minutes but right but they don't they make it two hours because part of it is the entertainment and the plot twists that get you to this end point that you know is going to happen it's not like in the latest star wars movie you think to yourself well everyone's going to die and that's that's it it's going to be over because you realize there's another story after it
1: right exactly and by the way on, on your point of plot twists um I agree with you 100%. There's nothing more entertaining in a movie where it surprises you. And you you see you come out and you go, I did not see that coming. Um, now, what's interesting in the world of presentations and pitches, very often people ruin the plot at the beginning. What they do is they give out an agenda and they go, now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to cover this, 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 and that. And by the end of it, you're all going to be thinking, oh, I need to change my uh, service setup in my organization. Right? That's the worst approach for a presentation because it's no different to at the beginning of a movie, the act coming out and going, right, by the way, in this movie, we're going to have several fight sequences. Someone's going to get addicted to drugs. Somebody's going to fall in love. Oh, and at the end, the butler did it. All right,
0: let's go. <laughs> Yeah. Go figure. We don't want to tune in for that. I don't understand why. Right. Precisely. So people
1: stop giving agendas and it's the same at the beginning of a day or the beginning of a presentation.
0: You'll you'll appreciate. I was I was speaking at an event recently where the um, the moderator had seen me speak somewhere else and he literally says, so so are you are you going to tell this story? And he gives the punchline. It oh, was a punchline, and I said, "Not today." Not now <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. because because you've just killed it. And, uh-huh. and 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 later he said, "Why didn't you do it?" And I said, "Because you gave the punchline." He says, "Oh, yeah." Yeah, <laughs> and that and that really goes to my first point, which was he was seeing the introduction from his own perspective only. Yep. Yeah. So let's let's jump into these brains of influence because I know you've got six keys to influencing people around us. And yes. I want to make sure that our audience has a perspective on these steps that they can follow to have better success in influencing people around them.
1: Right. And, and you know, while you've got the, the first challenge of being you know, a great presenter or, or, or coming across in a very likable way when you're pitching at the same time, you need to consider these, these brains of influence because, you know, people are very different and they all respond to very different psychological cues, if you will. And I figured out six very different psychological areas that that are really smart ways to influence people. And, oh, and by the way, before I get into brains, there was one other aspect of an audience. You know, if you've got three people in front of you or 300 or 3000. And I, I did not come up with this. Someone told me this. but I've completely stolen it. And it's mine now. Uh, those those people always split into three groups. And I love this because it is consistent every time. And you have to consider this, especially when you're dealing with the brains of influence because people come at you from a different, three different angles. Your audience is either made up of the group learners, vacationers, or prisoners. And you can tell just by looking at them. <laughs> by the learners, they're at the front row. They've got notepads or iPads out there ready to learn from you. They can't wait to pick up something to take away. The vacationers are leaning back yeah, they're they're kind of relaxed looking. It's better than a day in the office. And the prisoners, arms crossed, eyes rolling, they already hate you. That's your audience. And your job, of course, is give the learners what they came for. Show the vacationers that they're not on holiday and at least get the prisoners to uncross their arms. If you can do that, you're winning. And then you can start thinking about this brains of influence. So I'll I'll step through it and um, I'll stop after each one in case you you want to dig deeper. But... B, B stands for bridging. And bridging is all about the social proof form of influence. And it really does appeal to those very social people, people who are endlessly on Facebook, who are always out with colleagues, friends, they're golfing, they're at conferences, people that love to connect are the bridges. And the way to create a bridge that benefits you is to find someone who is very well connected. Have them enjoy the benefit and value of your product or service and then have them go tell the story because they will. We always love to tell stories about products that we love. I was in a restaurant in um, Dallas once, Al Benes, best state restaurant in Dallas, by the way. And um, I'm at the bar and I'm chatting. Sometimes I'm chatty. Sometimes I'm very reclusive. And I don't know how we got onto the subject of car rental. I was whinging about Hertz. And these guys said, Oh, oh, you've got to try this company, Silver Car. It's amazing. They're all Audis, blah, blah, blah. I said, Do you guys work for them? No, no. We just love it. Right. That moment of passion, that was the bridge. And, and I trusted them far more, by the way, than I would trust an advert in uh, a, you know, a paper or online, a banner ad that says, try silver car it's amazing i'd be like yeah yeah whatever right that's bridging when you hear it from someone that you trust because they're a friend or yeah. they have no axe to grind
0: and, and and the interesting part is even if that third party person isn't someone you already know if you think about it the way people's behavior as consumers exhibits itself in let's say amazon is one one of your friends could say to you oh you should get this product it's a good product But if 113 people you've never met before gave it five stars, now you find it credible. And so one one of the things I often explain to people is, look, I can say to you, oh, this would be great for you. Or I can say, my clients tell me that this works really well for them, but I don't know if it'll work well for you. And even if you're the one carrying the message, the fact that you're saying, here's what my clients say, that third-party reference actually creates a little more credibility than if you had said... Oh, our products and services are great. You're absolutely
1: right. And, and it's so funny because I hear people so often go, this is the best product for you, as opposed to my clients tell me this is the best product for them. That's all you're doing is you're passing it on to a third party and to your point precisely becomes that much more credible. And people are very easily influenced. People are very easily influenced by what other people are doing. Like when you finish the transaction on Amazon, the first thing it shows you is, hey, other people also bought this. And you you know, they did? Well, crap, maybe I should buy it too. Uh, It's phenomenal. My my favorite social proof story, um, it came out of the United Kingdom. And the tax authority there, this was several years ago, but the tax authority had a bit of a problem. People who were self-employed were paying their taxes late. So they put out an ad campaign and they said, did you know? that 10% of British citizens are paying their taxes late. You must pay on time, or we can't provide essential public services. Pay your taxes on time, right? Very serious message at the end. (laughs) A year after this campaign went out, uh, the number of people who paid late went to 20%. Because (laughs) presumably, people heard the story, and they went, wait, what? You can pay your taxes late? I never knew that. If I could do that, why am I not doing it? (laughs) Right. Social proof. We get jealous. I call it the jealousy effect. So that's B. That's bridging. Okay. Now, R is rationalizing. This is much shorter, but it's very interesting. A lot of people are very influenced simply by black and white. They just want the numbers. They just want the facts. They are not influenced by fluff and by stories and by color. They just go, hold on, what's my ROI? What's the return? Those numbers add up to me. I'm in. And you, this is your job. And this goes back to the what's in it for me. It goes back to understanding the person in front of you, becoming a, a much smarter observer of people, truly understanding the world they live in. Because if that person is rationally driven, then that's the approach you have to take. You're wasting your time telling them a bridging story and using a bunch of social proof if they're simply not the social animal. Yep. So you, you have to understand them. You're one and one equals two. I'm in. And I use as an example um, one of my favorite companies, Apple, because when Apple first started selling all their fabulous uh, devices to us, iPads and iPhones and and Macs, they knew we had a problem because we were all using Microsoft Windows back in the days where you'd open your laptop, turn it on. You'd come back a week later, and it was just about ready to do something, right? That (laughs) was a problem. And so Apple, their advertising campaign just had this tagline. It just works. They're going, your stuff doesn't work this just works. Rationally speaking, you should buy it and and buy it. We did. We were so influenced by that.
0: Sure. Now we get to asserting.
1: No. Yes. And now we're on to asserting and asserting is all about being strong and being forceful. Now, a lot of your fabulous listeners and followers will go, well, hold on a minute. My clients get very upset if I push too hard. Here's the rule when it comes to being assertive. It's got to be in their best interests. If you know that if they delay yet another month, they're going to lose out financially, they're going to lose out in terms of efficiency, then it's, it's up to you to actually take the lead and be assertive. And there is nothing wrong with that. There's a very fine line between being assertive and aggressive. But assertive works only if it's in their best interest. And my favorite example is Nike, the sporting brand. Just do it. That is so assertive. But it works. Why? Why? Because if you do it, presumably go for a run in their shoes, uh, you're going to be fitter, stronger, healthier, lose some weight. It's in your best interests. Right. So that's the assertive piece. Let's move to inspiring. So inspiring is something I referred to a little bit earlier. When you inspire people, what you're actually talking about is the destination, not the journey. These are people, and we all know them, who get bored by the minutiae. They don't want to know about the process and how it's all going to get delivered, over what time period. No, no, no how's this going to end? What's my world going to look like at the end of this? And you have to understand those people because they are driven by the destination, not the journey. And my favorite analogy on this is when people go and buy a drill in Home Depot or B&Q, for your British listeners, <laughs> um, what they're interested in is not the, the motor uh, or, or the dust that falls onto the floor or the, all the different bits. They just want to hold in the wall. That's the destination. And so you, in many ways, are the journey, but you have to sell the destination. And that's what I mean by inspire. And the fitness companies are a great example of this. They always show you pictures of very fit, very chiseled people, typically after the holidays when you feel bloated. And they're (laughs) saying to you, don't you want to look like this? What they don't show you is all the uncomfortable sweating and the early mornings and the giving up and the waiting for a machine to become available. No, that's the journey. They just show you the destination.
0: Sure. And and by the way, there's research that I've done in how people make and approve decisions that's completely aligned with this. So I, I run people through an exercise where I ask a senior executive, look, someone on your team comes to you. They want to buy this arbitrary product or service. I call it a gazertenblatt. And nice. it costs it costs $20,000. It takes the vendor 45 days to implement it, requires no resources on your part whatsoever, and they give a 10-year guarantee. What are the questions you have to get answered to be comfortable either approving or denying this request that came from one of your employees? And universally, across 10,000-plus CEOs and executives around the world, the questions they ask are, what problem does this solve or why do I need it? And then what's the likely outcome or result? So if you think about it, What problems this solve comes back to the bridging or the third-party stories. The rationalizing is this notion of the ROI on the asserting side where we have – you're focusing on what's their best interest in terms of the outcomes, and the destination or outcome perfectly aligns with that notion of what's the likely outcome or result I'm going to see, and I'm a big fan of making sure that however we're trying to influence or sell ideas, that it's aligned with how – the customer thinks, and this is directly in line. So now I'm dying to hear negotiating and specializing.
1: So negotiating is pretty simple. It's about, again, reading the person in front of you and giving them something before they ask for it. This is not negotiating on price uh, when the deal is about to happen. This is about winning favor earlier in the transaction, earlier in your presentation. It's about understanding what drives them and in many ways, understanding what their concerns might be and dealing with them before they even have a chance to. So uh, I always use an example when I'm on stage about how I used to be a producer in television. I used to have to go and create these videos and edit them ready for broadcast. And my senior producer would always come in and change one element. And it would drive me mad because I'd worked so hard on this thing (laughs) Until I realized the senior producer just wanted to do his job. And all I had to do was hand him something that would make him feel like he'd done his job. So what I do, I started inserting into my videos a terrible mistake. Once a day, he would come in, spot the mistake, tell me to take it out. We were all happy. I got the video (laughs) I wanted. He felt he'd done his job. That was it. That was It was just about understanding what drove this person. So pre-negotiation is about finding the thing you can give them to give them that feeling that they've just, they've just won a bit. They've yep. just got a bit more than they were expecting.
0: Excellent. So that's
1: N for negotiate. And then S for specialize. Well, this is good news for everyone listening because we're all specialists in our own field, right? We are. But here's the problem. Do we broadcast that fact? You have to understand that when people see a specialist – they feel trust. And where there's trust, there's reliability. And where there's reliability, I tell people there's buyability. So how do you create that aura of being a specialist? Just tell people you've been there before. You've seen it. You've done it. You understand how this is going to work out because you've done it 20 times before. People love to see that level of confidence in you. So broadcast the fact that you're a specialist and you will influence people all around you. And, you know, and I say this to my clients all over the world, and this is part of a much bigger presentation on influence, just the brain's bit. But this is all common sense. This is stuff we already know. But when you break it down into its constituent parts and you spend some time considering the psychology behind all these elements, it just makes so much more sense. And it can make you so much more powerful when you go into your next pitch or presentation.
0: Absolutely brilliant. Well, I, I've taken a ton of notes. And of course, as my audience knows, I'll summarize those in a second. I always give people a quick 30 second recap and we'll capture everything in the show notes as well. Um, what's the best way for our audience to get a hold of you to learn more about Mark Jeffries?
1: Well, the best stop, first of all, is just the website, markjeffries.com. There's videos and additional material on there. Uh, I also have, which I'm very proud of, actually, because I created the entire thing myself. Uh, it sits on the Udemy learning platform. That's U-D-E-M-Y dot com. Uh, and it's a course on being an even better presenter, even better at the way you pitch business ideas or indeed how you conduct yourself on stage. And if you go to Udemy dot com forward slash master presenter you'll find the course. Uh, and it's, uh, it's very entertaining. It's got about 30 chapters. I'm always adding to it. And uh, there's a ton of ideas that you can use uh, for your next pitch or presentation.
0: Brilliant. Well, Mark, it's absolutely a pleasure. It's a whirlwind of a ton of actionable content. And I just can't thank you enough for sharing your wisdom with us.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me on.
0: Man, I could talk to Mark for hours. He's just got such a great gift for sharing inspiring messages. Let me give you a quick 30-second recap of the key information I think you can take away and use in your business right away. First, when it comes to pitching events, make sure that you're sharing the customer's perspective, not your own perspective. And use stories to entertain and follow his time metaphor of teach, inspire, motivate, and entertain. Then when it comes to influence, we want to use the brains of influence. So we want to bridge through social proof. We want to rationalize by making sure that we clearly illustrate the ROI and the facts. We want to be assertive and making sure we're being strong in their interest, inspire by demonstrating the destination or outcome. And then on the negotiating side, it's not about price. Instead, it's understanding what drives them and specialize because nobody refers to a generalist. You want to illustrate that you've been there and done that. Also, I'd encourage you to check out Mark's course on Udemy. It's really, uh, he's he's just so good at what he does. You can't help but learn something valuable. Thanks so much for taking the time to subscribe and share this with friends and colleagues. And I especially appreciate you for taking the time to post a review on iTunes or Stitcher. It really helps. Remember, this show gets its direction from you, the listener. If there's a guest you think I should have on the show, if there's a topic you think I should cover, just drop me a note at ian at ianaltman.com. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everybody can embrace, even your customer.